0: Very cool. Jazlyn has that scaredy hand down really well. Yeah, that's awesome. So this Christmas, we're talking about Jesus came to bring. Last week, we said that Jesus came to bring light. In fact, John 8, 12 says that Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because... You will have the light that leads to life. So he said, it's not just going to be illuminated, but yet you are going to have the light. He said, I am the light. So as we understand Christmas, Jesus came to bring. He literally came to bring you himself. He came to illuminate for you the fact that your life was in darkness apart from him. But yet in him, the light dispels the evil it reveals the Christ it reveals God and he says I am the light and you have me but you see Jesus did not come just to bring light the scripture says that he came to bring life he leads to life so we want to understand what it means when Jesus says that he himself leads to life because he is the light if we go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. So when Jesus says that he came to bring life, he literally meant at creation, he brought physical life. He gave life to us, the life that we're enjoying right now. But not only do we see Him in creation and giving life in John 1 through 4, it says, In the beginning the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God, and God created everything through Him. And nothing was created except through Him. The Word, Jesus, gave life to everything that was created, and His life was. Brought light to everyone. So every living creature enjoys life because of Christ. He was not an add-on. He was not an additional thought. It was not plan B. But from the beginning in the garden, Jesus was there. He was creating life. He was giving life. And he says that he came for every creature that has life. He did it. But let's go to John 4 in 14 through 17. It says, And Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in Him will have eternal life. So Jesus was a part of creating life. Jesus was a part of giving to us physical life. Jesus was the reason we have eternal life. So anytime you look at life, you cannot look at it separate from the person and the life of Jesus Christ. He gave you your life, the scripture says, because He gave you your life, that you must live in gratitude and surrender submission to Him. But not only did he give, create did he create life and give life and provide eternal life, but he says, "Through eternal life, I want to give you abundant life." In John 10, 9 and 10, Jesus said, "I am the gate." Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them abundant life. Jesus says, I don't want to just give you physical life. I don't want to just give you eternal life. He says, but even right now, I want you to have an abundant life. Our children were baptized this morning. They are saying publicly... I believe that Jesus is the source of eternal life. And I want Him into my life. They have gone through a book that helps them to understand that the abundant life comes through a surrendered life. And Jesus came to bring that. But Jesus also wants you to know that He's the only source of life. In John 14, 6, He says, Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except... Through me. Again we're setting the stage for Christmas. We're setting the stage for Jesus came to bring life. One more verse. And then we'll get into the, the heart of the message. And you can follow me on your outline. In John 6.35 Jesus said. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. We can take the totality Of these scriptures and many more that I have not read to you. And as we've talked about Jesus being a part of creating life. And giving physical life. And giving life to everything that was created. And Jesus came so that we would have eternal life. And Jesus lived again so you could have an abundant life. But Jesus declares I am the bread of life. But let me tell you something about that bread. It's very easy for us to think that Jesus came to give us bread. In other words... Hey, Jesus, I need some bread. Um, And we look and think, well, Jesus came to be just the giver of that. But Jesus did not come to be the one who gives you bread. Jesus said, I came to be the bread. I'm the bread of life. He says, you need, if you want life eternal, if you want life abundant, then you come through me. And he said, and you will not have to hunger and thirst again. Because listen to me. When we take our eyes off of Jesus and we begin to look for meaning of life and purpose of life and satisfaction in life, we get to try on all kinds of bread. The bread of materialism, the bread of relationship, the bread of finances, the, the bread of possession, the bread of... And you name it, whatever you want to say. But Jesus says, I am the bread. And if you will... Come to me if you will allow me to satisfy you. You'll never be hungry again. Jesus said, I didn't come just to give you bread, even though he does, because he says, I will meet all of your needs. His primary purpose was to be the bread. But see, Jesus did not come to just be useful to meet your physical need. He came to be precious. He came to be worshiped. He came to be adored. He came to change our desires. He came to change our desires from looking and saying, what is in it for me and what do I need and what do I want and what do I have to have to be happy? He came to change that desire. In fact, Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first God's kingdom and then His righteousness and then these things are added. I think if I had a, a... A crux moment, if you will. A moment in my life that changed it to help me understand something. Was that everything that I was seeking was keeping me from everything I ever wanted. When God helped me to understand that when I quit seeking all the stuff that I thought I needed. And I put my focus on Him. Then that abundant life that He promised began to rise up. It began to fill. It began to satisfy. It began, as the scripture says, my cup runs over. My river spills out of the banks. It began to help me see that life was more than about what I needed, I wanted, but how could we take who we are and help other people to get what they need? And that's Christ. So we're back on this thought. Jesus came to bring light and life. Today is life. In Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 it says, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Now here we have two thoughts. They're tremendous thoughts. First of all, a child is born. That speaks of the humanity of Christ. But it also says a son is given. That speaks to the deity of Jesus. The first phrase tells us that he's the son of man. The second phrase tells us that He's the Son of God. One says He has an earthly beginning. The other one says that He is an eternal being. One tells us that He was the baby of Bethlehem. And one tells us that He is the God of all glory. You see, when you look at Jesus, you're not just looking at a precious child in a manger, but you're looking at the God of glory who left the wonder and splendor of heaven a, and a, entered into the body of a young woman and was born so that you could have life. Jesus, He came to bring life. He gave us physical life. He gives us eternal life. In Matthew one twenty one, it says, And she shall bring forth a son, and you will call His name Jesus, for He will save His people from their sins. I would tell you that the story of Christmas has three parts. The first part is the story of man's sin. The little baby named Jesus came to save his people from their sins. Now, listen to me. That immediately tells me that Christmas is involved with bad news. Everybody say sin is bad, God is good. And in the middle of our sin, Jesus was born. He said, I came to save, I came to rescue. I came to get you from a place that you could not bring yourself from. He stepped into your life. So this morning you need to say, God, thank you for physical life. But physical life apart from eternal life is a damnation of life. And so Jesus came to give eternal life. Christmas is good news because it is the remedy for the bad news. I would tell you that the old rugged cross, Is as much a Christmas song as Silent Night. Because without the cross the birth is meaningless. And on an old rugged cross. He gave his physical life. So that you could have eternal life. You see the bad news is we are spiritually corrupt. That's not popular to say. Because right now. In, in how things are trending, if you will, on Twitter, if you were trending. Nobody's bad and everybody's good. But that is not true to Scripture. Everybody's valuable. Everybody has worth. Everybody deserves salvation because God declared it, but not on our own merit. But we are not good. The Scripture says in Isaiah 53, 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Now have you ever followed your own way and regretted it? I have. I have gone my way that I thought was a great way. And only ended up in a bad way. Crying out. Oh no God just one more time will you forgive me. Romans 3.22 and 23 says. For there is no difference. In other words there is not a. The distinction. Everyone is this way. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 7.20 For there is not a just man on earth who does, not, who does good and does not sin. David said in Psalm 14.2 and 3 um, that God himself made a worldwide search of humanity. And here's what he found. The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men. If you're a children of men, raise your hand. Okay. God says He looked down on you, looked down on the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. They have all turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is none who does good, no, not one. And if you remember the story of Abraham and Lot and God wanted to to, um, destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, and, and they were, had a bargaining match going on. And, and Abraham cried out, Hey, God, if I can find 50, if I can find 40, 30, and it went all the way down to, Can I just find anybody? And God said, If you find one that has not sinned, then I'll save it. Ultimately, it got destroyed. You see, ladies and gentlemen, Christmas is good news. But Christmas is only good news because it remedies the bad news that apart from Christmas, you are separated from God for all of eternity. This morning, we can thank God for Christmas because it led to the cross, which led to the tomb, which led to the resurrection, which led to the ascension, which led to God sitting at the right hand of the Father interceding for you right now that you would understand That in your corruption, there is one who is not corrupt. Who gave everything he had so that you could be made new again. You see, the bad news is not only are we corrupt, but we are bankrupt. Man is spiritually bankrupt. Jeremiah 2, 22. For though you wash yourself with lye and use much soap, yet your iniquity is marked before me, says the Lord. Romans 6.23 says, the wage of sin is death. There is no human remedy for the condition of humanity apart from Christ. That's why Jesus said in John 14.6 that we read earlier, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. As ironic as it seems, if there were no sin, there would have been no Savior. If there had been no Savior, there would be no Christmas. So Christmas must begin with the story of the sin of humanity. You see, Christmas is the story of man's sin. But Christmas is also the story of God's Son. From the very moment sin entered the world, God was getting ready for Christmas. In Genesis 3.15... It said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. We have a need for Christmas because of sin. Isaiah 7, 14 is the promise of Christmas when it said, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. You see, Christmas is the story of an amazing gift. The gift of God's Son. The gift of Jesus giving Himself. I think about in the garden when He absolutely had the moment and time and the power to do so. He could have walked away from the plan. But He ultimately cried out, Father, not my will, but Your will be done. He became the personification of Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God. He knew for the kingdom of God to be on earth. There had to be the death of the son. On earth. And he gave it. Freely. The Christmas story as I said earlier. Does not stop with a way in a manger. But carries on. To the old rugged cross. Carries on to victory in Jesus. Because every piece of Christmas. Is the totality Of Christ's life the Bible says that from the time that Jesus was born that he lived under the shadow of the cross in fact in Galatians 4 4 and 5 it says but when the fullness of time had come now we really don't know what that fullness was but it was whatever God set as the criteria he said when that moment came when the fullness of time now we can go back and look in history And we can know that it was the right time because there was a universal language. We can know that it was the right time because there was ease of travel. We can know that it was the right time because there was racial, physical, financial tension. But it says, in the fullness of time had come. God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law. To redeem those who were under the law. Jesus came to pay for sin. You see salvation and Christmas is the story of man's sin. Christmas is the story of God's son. But Christmas is also the story of our salvation. You see Christmas tells us that salvation is all inclusive. And I promise you there's someone in this room today. That would love to be born again or had a point in time in their life would love to be born again. But they thought, I am not worthy. God couldn't love me. God knows me and God would not love me. But I want to tell you something. I want to agree with you on one thing. You are not deserving of salvation in and of yourself. But you are absolutely worthy of salvation. And you say, how can I be not deserving and worthy at the same time? Deserving means that on your own merit, God should have sent Jesus to die for you. The scripture's already told us that's not happening. Because the scripture says that all of of our works, all of our goodness are like filthy rags before God. So, I'm not deserving, but I am worthy because God declares... And you say, well, what gives God the right to declare? Aside from the fact that He is just God and He can do it, um, God is the creator, the owner of everything. And as the creator and the owner of you, He can declare your worth. And in the economy of heaven, one day He said, you know what, what my people, the ones that I have created are worth, Is the death and the blood of my son. And I am willing to pay that price. So salvation is all inclusive. We are not deserving but we are worthy. Luke 2.10 says. Behold I bring you good tidings of great joy. Which will be to all people. Say that with me. All people. Because you see it doesn't matter who I meet. Who hurts me. Who wrongs me who causes whatever in my life, I must look at that person as one that Jesus died for on the cross at Calvary. I must ask him, Lord, help me step out of the way and show me how to be a part of the redemptive process in their life. There's some amazing stories of people throughout history who have done that. Elizabeth Elliot comes to mind. Her and her husband were missionaries and the people that they were um, ministering to, reaching out to and trying to, to, to lead them to the knowledge and the understanding of God and His Son Christ, ultimately killed Elizabeth's husband. Later in life, and you can read the story, she went back to the place to the people that murdered her husband and she led him to the Lord, led them to the Lord. You see, salvation is for all. It is inclusive. And we don't have the right to decide Who is worthy and who's not because God declared all to be worthy. One of the greatest truths of all, uh, one of the greatest Christmas truths found in all the Bible is Romans 10, 13, which says, Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The story of our salvation, it's all inclusive. The story of our salvation is free, is that it's free. Not only is this salvation available to everyone, it's available without cost. The scripture says the free gift of God is eternal life. If you had to earn it, or if you had the ability to earn it, Jesus would not have had to die. God in his wisdom looked and said, there's nothing you can do. You're eternally separated. There's only one thing that fits um, the cost or will satisfy the cost. He said, that's my son. I'm going to send him and it is free for you. Salvation is inclusive. Salvation is free. Salvation is complete. God's gift is irrevocable. There's a passage of scripture that says. That um, once that you are a child of God. There's no created thing. That can snatch you out of the father's hand. And. Often, people will come to us and they will talk to us about the life that they've lived and that at a point in their life they know they were born again, stuff happens, they walk away from God and they say, I think I need to be saved again. I need to be born again, again. And the scripture teaches that no created thing can snatch you out of the Father's hand. Now I ask you this question and you've heard me say this before. If you were created, raise your hand. Therefore, if no created thing can snatch you out of the Father's hand, then you do not have the ability to decide if you are no longer a child of God. God says that you are by the blood of Christ. It's a a holy transaction that doesn't have a refund policy. You get it. You can miss blessing. You can destroy fellowship. But you cannot destroy relationship. You see, salvation is complete. And you say, well, pastor, I'm sitting here today and I feel like I'm the one that needs to be born again again. What do I do? The scripture says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He gave us the, the, the story of the prodigal son who walked away and had no right to return. And He gave us the illustration of the father Um, Running back to grab the son and throwing the celebration for him because he had returned If you have a point in time in your life when you know you've accepted Christ And you've had a point in time in your life that you believe that your lifestyle pulled you away from Christ And you say, I want to come home, then listen to me In the book of Luke, is an amazing story, Luke 14 It tells you about this prodigal son He woke up, realized his life was a mess He packed up and returned home, and his father grabbed him. Today, your father is ready to welcome you back with open arms to have you not only in relationship as the child, but in fellowship as the one who never left. That's how you return. Yeah, that's the story of Christmas. Christmas has bad news. We're sinners. Christmas has bad news. We're separated because of that sin. But Christmas has amazing news that says, if you return to me, there is life, abundant life. There is life, eternal life. If you return to me, there is purpose. So today, if you've not ever come to Christ the first time, let the light shine on the life. And help you to understand that there's eternal life today. You simply bow. Father, I'm a sinner. That sin separates us. Father, I know that Jesus paid the price, and today I receive the gift of eternal life. If you're the, the believer that's that's fallen back and you want to come home, then today, excuse me, do like the prodigal son. Recognize that your life is in a mess. And return to the one, the Father, who can restore. You see, I love Christmas. I love Christmas for all that we look around and see that it is. But I love Christmas. Because in June of 1978, kneeling by a tree at Upworth by the sea. I cried out to God. And He redeemed someone that was eternally separated. Eight years later, at the age of 23, after I had gone to college and lived a life that you would have never recognized that I was born again if you had observed it, I cried out to God and and my God, my father, stretched out his arms and received his prodigal son and restored him. And there have been hundreds and yes, thousands of times since then that the prodigal has had to return home. But each and every time, I recognize my dad running towards me, ready to restore. Dude, that's Christmas. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that there is light that reveals darkness. I thank you that there is light that drives the darkness away. And Jesus, I thank you that there is life that breaks the curse of sin. I thank you that there is forgiveness that erases sin. I thank you, Jesus, that you are an unchanging God. That you are an immovable God. That you are everything that you said you would be. You are everything we understand you to be and even so very much more. And Lord, I pray today that we would understand that we were given physical life so that we could be adopted into eternal life so that we could worship you God and bring others to the place that they would worship so Lord I pray for us today I pray that we would receive the gift of Christmas some for the first time as salvation and some As ones who are returning. But Father this we know. Apart from Christ. All that Christmas is. Is not available. But with Christ. There is abundant life. In a moment we are going to stand. When we stand we will be led by the worship team. We invite you to join. We want you to know that you can always come here to the front and pray at the steps. Make them your altar for the moment where you can cry out to God and say, Father, help me to understand all that Christmas is. You can pray for family. You can pray for friends yourself. There will be people who are ready and willing to pray with you. But also today, know that you can come to Jesus for salvation and know that you can come to Jesus for restoration. If we can assist you with that, we will be spread out across the front. We would invite you to come, and we would love to pray with you. So would you come today to the gift that is life? Father, we thank you, and it's in Jesus' name that we respond now. Amen. Let's stand sing. come.